Welcome to the Hold the Maneuver Podcast. I'm Mark. And I'm Mike. We're two hardworking dads trying to immerse ourselves into Star Wars and fit it into our very busy lives. This is your first time listening and or watching. In this sometimes short form Star Wars podcast, we'll share our thoughts on different topics from your galaxy far, far away. So, guys, uh, what do you call an invisible droid? Um, um, Invisidroid? <laughs> Close, but um, <laughs> see through PO. <laughs> that joke. <laughs> We're gonna have to get a, a soundboard one of these days just so we can do the, the rim shot. Um, <laughs> welcome, uh, Michael. Thank you very oh, much, Mark. I'm here every week. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that other <laughs> Michael then. <laughs> yeah, this, ep- this episode should be fun with, with uh. Two mics are well. There's three mics, two Michaels, and a Mark. You see what I did there? I, I think there's a joke in there too. Some sort of Star yeah. Wars joke with all the letters and yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so this is episode 27 of the Hold the Maneuver, talking about episode seven of Andor uh, announcement. Uh, but this week, uh, before we get into speaking about the episode, we're gonna. Forgo our, our normal n- news and uh, father segments to discuss the very exciting recent trip <laughs> that Michael Lee took aboard the Galactic Star Cruiser in Orlando, Florida. Or I'm sorry, he didn't go to Orlando, Florida. He went to space. I went. So, I went to space, and it. Yeah. I went to a different side of Batu, I guess, that has a Florida-like weather. Yeah, you went to. <laughs> You went to the east side. I went to the east or... side of Batu, yeah. which is kind of similar to the west side of it, but that's semantics. Just... We'll get into that in another episode, <laughs> I guess. But yeah. Um yeah, I, I, I took a trip on the Halcyon to, you know, view the galaxy and see Batu and it was a lot of fun. It's a definitely a an immersive experience. Uh, I, 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 two days and, and I just had a lot of food and you don't really get to have a chance to sit down because it's, you're not putting your money's worth. If you're just sitting down and doing nothing, you better play the game and you, (laughs) if, yeah, uh, I don't know if you guys have any questions about it, but, uh, it was a lot of fun, probably the most like star Wars thing that, ever happened it's well worth the money um if you can uh i suggest to go with as many people as you can if that makes any sense the most that you can fit in the cabin uh like the family uh cabin is like eight so as as you get more people it it gets relatively cheaper so yeah that makes sense uh, I know there's like a whole bunch of like different like story paths you can kind of do too, depending on like what yes. you choose to do during it. So like what ended up being uh, kind of like your path through it. I like, chose I the dark side. Uh, oh man. I, yes, and, and I, I, I kind of regret it per se, because <laughs> it, it wasn't as immersive or it wasn't a lot to do per se because um when i saw different experiences with 
the um, you know the light, the Jedi side. It seemed a lot more activities to do um, because you do bridge training from the first day, and then I ended up doing bridge training again. But if you do with the Jedi, you get to see um, holocron cubes, and there there was a little more activity to it, a, a okay. little more um, story, more of an expansive story if you choose a different side. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, so I guess I guess that could be like the only downside because you don't know like what you're gonna. No, unless you watch, yeah, unless you watch other videos to suggest which side to do, yeah. But you know, I I I went in blind basically. So yeah, I I feel like you kind of want to do that too because yeah, you don't want the most part. Yeah, you don't want you don't want to know too much. Yeah, yeah, like I know like some stuff about it just like there's like some like secret rooms and like a few different things like that that you can only like access depending on like what yeah like you, that, that's like very true you do too yeah so you have like different schedules uh on your data pad it says you have to be here between this time and this time to access this certain thing and if you access it it will help you on your other story path so yeah that's cool. And like, what was the the food like? Is it like just Star Warsified, like it regular was, food? The picture I'm looking like, at basically looks like sesame chicken to me. It, it was sesame chicken. I think the lighting <laughs> throws everything off because they're like blue, like blue um, tints and orange tints. So you don't really see what the what the food really looks like unless you have um you know, a white light to nullify everything mm-hmm. that's going on. So it was basically like orange chicken and it was salty. I'm sorry to say <laughs> it was super <laughs> salty. And I get they had to serve a massive amount of people, but man, right. I, I just, oh my gosh. Was there I, blue I never, milk? There was blue milk. It wasn't as, um, it wasn't as much of an ice slush as Batu was. But there was blue milk and green milk, green. so you can mix it all together. So yeah, nice. But no tahini to mix it all in, <laughs> which would have been nice. That'd be interesting. Um, and then, like I saw that you, because uh, depending on what you do on the RT, that you can kind of dress like the part for it too. That's I, I yeah I highly recommend dressing the parts because if you go in in a t-shirt, you just it's not as fun honestly you don't feel like a part of the world and you know being i i'm more a little more over the casual star wars fan i i watched all the movies i watched rebels you know i I love um i love bad batch so uh being a huge uh rogue one fan and a Bodhi rooks character i thought you know what i dress as Bodhi rook um some of my family they dressed as leia they dressed as padme it doesn't really uh, matter. You you just part. You feel like if you dress up, you feel like you're part of the world, and it makes the experience that much more fun. Yeah, that makes sense too. Now, does it kind of take you out of it a little bit though? Like if other people didn't do that, and you just see like like say someone like wearing like a <laughs> like a Mickey Mouse shirt and like cargo shorts, just a little uh... bit, just a little bit, honestly. But I I I would. I, uh, because of the rules of Batu and everything, 
you can't really dress up it, it you oh yeah it just yeah you don't really feel that much out of it but yeah um, there was no garbage compactor to toss them in yeah uh, just... <laughs> yeah because i had i had looked i think like last year like around the time that like it was opening and like the the shop disney website there's like certain clothes and stuff that you can buy on there yeah but it, it will only let you add it to your cart if it sees that you have a reservation <laughs> yes for and, the galactic star cruiser yeah and you only can do it 60 days before your trip interesting that's so, crazy like what if it yeah. sells out within that 60 days i don't <laughs> it was like it was I, there I, yesterday I, exactly i'm not sure if there's a huge demand to have um what is that lightsaber trainer clothing because yeah so now are there multiple ships or is it every it's like every two days a new batch goes in the same thing it's uh it's one ship basically okay. it's like basically uh like any other cruise you stay on for a couple days and yeah i didn't know if they disney had like a fleet of these things going oh well that would have been interesting Maybe eventually. <laughs> It'd be a lot of fun if they had it on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe eventually they'll do that. Like if it does well enough, probably maybe. I could, maybe. but I could see them opening one possibly. I don't know where they'd, where they'd have room to put it though. Yeah. That's Anaheim. the other thing. Or sorry, not in Anaheim, in on Batu West. <laughs> Batu West, which looks like Batu East. And actually, actually, like, like when you are in there too, because I know it's supposed to be like super immersive, like with the yeah. windows all like showing space and stuff. How is that the the like the transport from the like the Halcyon to Batu while you're on there? Like, is it, do you like walk down like a tunnel like onto whatever your vehicle you're getting on? To... So yeah, we do walk down a tunnel like like any other airport. You walk through tunnels and then you. You wait in a in a queue to get into your transport. Um, transport probably takes around eight minute round trip, probably less. Uh, I wasn't timing it, but <laughs> <laughs> it was just in and out basically. And we're like, okay, it's here, so we'll get on. And uh, it gives you that kind of bumpy experience, like you're getting off to do your excursion okay. to Batu. So yeah, it, it's it's very immersive. That's cool. Yeah, because I was, I know, uh, like I haven't been to it, but I know that, um, like also in Orlando, that at the the two Universal parks there, like you can ride, like the Hogwarts train between Islands of Adventure and mm-hmm. Universal Orlando. Oh, okay. So it's, so it's like you're going from like Hogsmeade to, um, uh, I think to to Diagon Alley, but it's like like while you're on like the train and all the the windows are made to look like you're like on the scottish and uh-huh. um british like countryside while you're going there so it's okay. supposed to be just kind of like that same idea of being immersive into it like that so that that was the one thing i had wondered about with the galactic star cruiser from like traveling from the cruise into the, the park like that yeah so there, there cool. are no windows in that though either so you don't really get to see like when you when you first start out um i guess at the lobby uh to sign in and everything you have that 
experience where you're launching, but yeah. there are no windows for the kind of transport in um, from the Halcyon to Batu. It's just like a just a full enclosure. Huh. So, yeah. But it's still a bumpy one to give you that kind of experience. Right. Yeah. That seems like a missed opportunity almost. It <laughs> does. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you have a hair dryer for your cabin amenities? I did not. Oh man. They're I mean, I, 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 it was there, but I didn't use it. <laughs> uh, I, I did because I went with another family. Mm. Uh, they took home, they're going to bring it back, but they took home the tin. <laughs> For the face masks and everything like mm-hmm. that, and I plan to use that later on, admittedly, <laughs> just to t- test to test that out. But yeah, um, they had the face masks. They had the H two O bath products. Yeah. yeah, I'm just reading through what you get in these cabins and the hair dryers listed, and it just made me laugh. I don't know. Then they don't have like a special name for a hair dryer in space. I nope. think it's like a thermal something, right? There's a, I can't no, not on the website. They just say hair dryer. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. I know that every cabin comes with a refresher, probably. Yes, it does. Oh, oh and what kind of cabin did you have? Because I know like they have like, had... those different like sizes. Yeah, we had the captain suite because we went with another family. So they were a family of four and I was with a um, family of three. So yeah. We had a, we had the captain suite, so I slept on the trundle in the in the main cat the kind of the living space area. Everyone else okay. slept in the bedrooms, but uh, it was a really it was a really comfortable trundle actually. <laughs> I have cool. to say, it's I did get to test word. out. <laughs> I did get to test out the bunk beds, and they are very spacious and they are very comfortable too. So. The pictures really? online make it look fantastic. So yeah, don't don't let the small opening fool you because once you get inside, you can like fully stretch out. So that's good. Yeah, kind of reminds me of like some of those hotels uh, that I've seen in like Japan, like where mm-hmm. it's literally just like that, just like the opening. It's just that opening. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, like they, they crawl in and like sleep. It's like that's all you need. You just need the bed. Yeah. I almost stayed in one of those in Boston. It's just like a room full of bunk beds. Like 100 people can be in there. You have a curtain, and that's all you get. It's a bunk bed and a little shelf. Oh, man. Hey, whatever works, right? I only needed it for one night. And I was like, I didn't want to get a hotel room for one night. Like 50 bucks, give me a bed. But then <laughs> someone I knew who I was going to the wedding with was like, just stay in our room. Don't do that. <laughs> now, how did uh, like Batu East compare to Batu West? Uh, it was humid. <laughs> that was the, but uh, it, it was just as much fun, you know. The, more like more like Dagobah than Jakku. I was gonna say, yeah, more like Dagobah. Yes, but um, we've I I finally got to go to the cantina. Um, I haven't been since I went to the preview days in Anaheim. Uh, so I had to, I got the, um, the best bin fizz and then my family, they're not like real alcoholics. So they just got like all the non-alcoholic stuff. Um, my niece, she got the, can't remember, but she got the pork drink basically. The pork drink? Yeah. There's, they, they give you, um, I have it over there, but, um, like like the pork uh, tiki, the pork tiki cup. Yeah. Because not they sold like a out. pork flavored drink. 
I, w- I no, would like, be interested like in the porg, the porg from Last Jedi. Gotcha. Yeah, the porg. Yeah, but uh, porg. I couldn't okay. get the Endor yeah. stuff because I'll they didn't have the Endor cup. Oh man. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. I want the Endor. I want the Endor uh, tiki cups. Like, oh no, we're sold out of that. It's like, oh, <laughs> well, why would I want the drink then? Yeah. Oh, the yub nub or right? Isn't it something? Yeah, 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 the yub nub. Yeah, like, because we, so we're going to Batu West in late November, and we had to make our reservations for that recently, and, like, the yeah. only reservation that they had for the cantina was, like, 9 a.m., I was like, oh, well, I guess we're doing some morning drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong Ours with day drinking sometimes. So, yeah. it's it's 5 o'clock somewhere, even on Batu, it's 5 o'clock. Like, you're on yeah. Batu time. Yeah, you're yeah. on Batu time. So. and we made, yeah, we made... Go ahead. when we went to the cantina um our our story was our depending on who what kind of path you're playing um it was connected to the halcyon so you had to show your data pass like hey what's you know <clears throat> i was told to go here and then they'll give you um a coaster a specific coaster where you have to check in kind of with your story and then you can say okay i did my mission <laughs> interesting that's cool now now are the like the rides any different at all no they're they're pretty much the same again as overall like how does it compare for you like since you've been to either side uh for for bad too i i i'm just as impressed you know but since i went to the east for um the star cruiser thing uh i would say it's a lot better over there because you have to do the stories in on batu you know to carry over on to back onto the halcyon interesting if there was a way where you know they could give that same experience in the west i think i would have a greater appreciation of the batu missions on the west as much as I had on the east side, I know that they like they just added like the like the bounty like hunter experience thing with like yeah. the the magic band for the Batu West. Um, yeah, so I I might try that out when when we go because I saw that on the east as well. Actually, oh, they have that. Yeah, too. I was just reading that they have the magic. And band. then I I tried to use my Halcyon band. To see if it worked, and they said, "No, you're not. You know, you're not eligible." It's like, "Oh, okay. Well, you're not magic. You're not lame. magic. Not magic band. <laughs> it's like, but it's like a magic band. It's like the same design." Yeah, sh- that's yeah. That seems weird because, like, if if you're paying like what you pay to go to the Galactic Star Cruiser, I feel like it should work exactly the same way as. Uh, yeah, you, I mean the magic band. The mouse won't allow it. They got. They uh... got to make the money everywhere. Was I there, think for was the there... West, they're going to include uh, an all-immersive fish-cutting experience like Obi-Wan Kenobi, where you're just in the desert chopping up a giant fish for hours on end. That's good what you're going to get. should have that. And then Definitely. you just get like a bucket of sand thrown at you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess before we wrap that out and then get into the episode, was there like anything specifically that stood out from like the experience on the the galactic star cruiser um 
that you remember the most that was like the kind of the coolest thing that happened while you were doing it the coolest thing is was the all the actors all the cast members because you're not talking to them you're not getting the full experience and they really love what they're doing i have to say that that's they they talk to you like because i had a pork uh one of those like pork on your shoulder things with the magnet on it is it like, oh, you know nice. what I, you you I don't know how you got that through uh, customs, but you know, just make sure <laughs> people don't know. It's like, oh wow, they really, you know, they they really put themselves into the story. You know, they're they're just not saying. Uh, I wonder what the training's like for that. Yeah, yeah like, right. Because you ask them where they're from, he says, "Oh, I'm from Lothal." It's like, oh my gosh, they don't say they're from <laughs> Florida. Yeah, like part of me is has like wondered like what's going to happen like when I go to Batu, like if like any of the stormtroopers see like my tattoo and they're like oh okay part of part of the the first order or the rebel alliance and they're like I see they'll miss it anyway yeah (laughs) let's be honest but yeah that that's really cool I'm hopefully eventually get to do that I know uh Mike is going to be going to floor but I don't I don't think he's going to be undecided if we're hitting that yet or not yeah, he, I, I, he's it's got, worth it. He's got to talk honestly. his. He's got to talk his family into not to going doing to Star Harry Wars, <laughs> Star Wars instead of Harry Potter. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your your Galactic Star Cruiser experience with us, uh, Mike. Yeah, of course. So now we will get into talking about the seventh episode of Andor, uh, which uh, was called Announcement, and it just aired this past. Uh, Wednesday on the 19th. Uh, it was directed by Benjamin Karen or Karan and written by Stephen Schiff. Vector here from the Comic Book Kaiju podcast. And I got to say, this episode of Andor was fantastic. It might be my favorite episode in the entire series. It's kind of a one off, one shot where it's setting up the next storyline, kind of the fallout from the previous storyline. But the next three arc storyline sounds like it's going to be pretty good. And I think we're in good hands. It's just continuing to build this great narrative and this great storyline of Andor before Rogue One. And I just can't be more pleased. I I really love what they're doing in the Star Wars universe and playing out this great drama of what's happening with the Empire, setting everything up politically. I Everything that they're doing is fantastic. We don't need the Jedi. We don't need the Force. We've got Andor. All right. Back to you guys on the Holdo Maneuver. Yeah. And I have to say that, like, this this show in general is just as far as, like, the cinematography goes. It's, it's just, like, a really beautifully shot show. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter, like, where, like, the scenes are set or uh, if they're on a set or if they're on, like, a location everything is lit very interestingly and um very purposefully that's for sure yeah like it looks like a star wars like it's in the star wars universe but it also looks different too if that makes mm-hmm. sense no, at all it, it makes sense because I, I wanted to say something along those lines too it, it feels it doesn't feel like a star wars show but it's yet it's set in the star wars universe it has yeah. all these star Wars character, the lore, the language, and yeah, everything is tangible. But I like it. 
Yeah. It just feels yeah, like everything's real. tangible. Whereas previous ones, it's like the digitalness kind of maybe it deterred from the experience. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think uh, like kind of going forward this... Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. I was going to say, I think like going forward with with some of these like it'll be good to just do like a good mixture of all of it like between using the 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 volume and using sets and using locations um, so that way you don't ever kind of know whether which one's being used because um, mm-hmm. i know like with this show like this mm-hmm. is all basically strictly sets and locations obi-wan and mando and book of boba fett have more or less for the the most part been within the volume i know like some stuff for mandalorian um and and with uh what we want some of that was like shot like out on locations um but i know for like the like majority of it they were like all shot with like in the volume um but like you can you can kind of feel it like within the show too like it doesn't feel constrained at all with Mm. like certain sets Whereas, like, I don't know if that's just us getting used to, or maybe just knowing that they're shooting it, right? Uh, like within the volume, and then like you're just kind of looking for where the seams are, for like where the <laughs> the the back wall is there, or like how far they can yeah. walk before they hit something. And it's almost like they've gone backwards with the volume, even though they've gone forwards, because it's like more of like a studio system in Hollywood where everything's on a set. You're not out. Yeah. You're not outside. You're... It's like a like a very 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 advanced version of like um, like a matte uh, backdrop set right. that like like you would have seen with like Wizard of Oz or or like any like the like some of like those films in the like the the 30s and 40s and whatnot, but you mm-hmm. know just for the digital age. So we open up, nor more blue milk and cereal, fantastic. Yeah. I, I love mean, that, and I don't know why it's so perfect for me. How how much of that stuff does Cyril consume? <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like he's he's got to be a diabetic. Because <laughs> yeah. I've only seen him eat that stuff. It's like, do you eat anything else? It could be tied to his mother treating him like a child. It just could be like, <laughs> that's what she thinks of him, so that's all he's worthy of. Oh I mean, she she more or less named him Cereal. I know, true. That's very she's true. Like, she's like, you are what you eat. Uh, I almost... Oh my gosh. I should have <laughs> just asked him that, you know, Cereal, Cereal. <laughs> I, I interviewed him and he, he's a nice guy and everything like that. But oh, nice. Yeah, it's, yeah. He's, I, he's got a, like a beard now, though, doesn't he? He's, uh, like a... he's got a beard now, yeah. Yeah, so... I wonder if some some rough stuff happens to Cyril. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think Cyril <laughs> makes that out of season one. That's my that's my take. Now the more well, the more I get into it, I used to think well, he became like a stormtrooper or something, but I'm starting to well, think like Cyril's the guy who gets it in the end. I I, I hate to think that he's going to do some sort of angry workplace thing, honestly, because being stuck in those <laughs> cubicles like that. I th- um, the, I could we'll get to that later. The, the Empire. My take on that, but I just I love the storytelling with him and his mom and like the visualness in this because she's like talking about his collar and how it's so like tailored to be taller. He's trying to stand out, 
and then they cut to this tunic with the same collar and i'm like that's his desire that's what the collar was for and just so much was told in that three second span yeah that, yeah yeah I, I really enjoyed that too like the the whole like scene with his like overbearing mom too and he, he like almost seems like he's like tired of like dealing with her mm-hmm. um and it still feels uh yeah like you said i still feel like he could really go like either way he could either be come <clears throat> like even more ingrained with the uh, like into the empire possibly mm-hmm. or end up going completely the other way and joining uh, like the rebellion yeah. I don't he's kind of like you can you could see like where he's kind of like he could be teetering either way mm-hmm. um but it also feels like they're building him up to like like I don't know exactly what they're gonna do but it almost seems like he's got like this own kind of like internal struggle that he's dealing with well yeah he's trying to he has yeah, no self like fostering yeah. because of his mom and being the best at whatever like is in my take like he wants to be the enforcer he wants to show he's tough and the best at it and it just it kills him that he failed that's why what do you want to get out of this job i want to clear my name you're not going to be able to clear your name when you're checking fuel purities like yeah you're in data entry like good luck what, his what uncle's gonna think? come. Uh, his, that his uncle's gotta come to fruition here sometime. Oh yeah, yeah. I was waiting to because I thought maybe we'd see him, like when he was going to this place to do this job interview. Right, right. Um, like what? What, Wait, were, does the what did you have the name? I forgot. It's like Horace. Oh, yeah, okay. or something like that. Arthur yeah. or I don't know. Okay. I always forget the. I'm terrible with the Star Wars names, especially with characters you don't see. Right. But well, I recognized what... a few later <laughs> later on in this episode, but well, I guess we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um. And like we come back to Cyril a few times, but like the whole thing, like when he's this kind of doing this more or less impromptu, like job interview too, and then the guys like. And like they're walking like that entire time. It's like, oh, it looks like a position has like just opened up. Like very, (laughs) yeah, it was like very weirdly and like this, like the Star Wars version of like this huge office building with cubicles and stuff like that. And it almost felt like um, uh, Harlow. That's the name. Harlow, okay. Yeah, Uncle Harlow. Um, With, uh, when we saw the clones and like attack of the clones um like like that whole setup for them there it almost seemed mm. like almost like that kind of a building but mm. for people working in data entry <laughs> that aren't clones uh there's some there they want you to be mindless that's for sure yeah they, they i almost think too like um before we move away from like this kind of opening scene with cereal it's like Maybe they should have just have uh, Cyril meet RJ Mitty because they they both like breakfast so much. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I think 
that'd be cool to see, see RJ Mitty and something else too, other than Breaking Bad and get him in Star Wars. Um, he wants to do Breaking Bad Part Three, where he takes over his dad's empire. That could be interesting. Hmm. That's what I saw. That he was pitching that to the team. Oh yeah. Uh, so like going from here to like the like the next scene too. Now, um, Michael, <laughs> you, you had said that you were like a huge fan, like that you've been like a huge fan of like Clone Wars and Rebels and all that and whatnot. Uh, yeah. And then in this scene, we see the Colonel Yolarian, who's Yularian, been played, yes. who's been played by a few different actors now, um, between uh, you know, like Episode Four, A New Hope, and then Tom Kane in uh, Clone Wars, mm. and showed up in rebels too correct he did yes okay in like season three or something like that when uh agent callus was meeting they re they reunited i guess or somehow okay but yeah yeah and that was the character that that does like those opening narrations in clone wars too right yeah that was good point i almost think it'd been funny if they like i don't i don't think tony gilroy would have done that but I think it would almost be funny if, like, they opened this episode with, since this is kind of like an opening to like a new arc in a way, it almost would have been kind of interesting, like, funny in a way, like, instead of like the normal previously on, it's just like Tom Kane doing doing the voiceover for this. And he's like, Meanwhile, <laughs> yeah, on Coruscant. But now, what did you yeah. both think of like this, like, this whole scene with? Um, like Luthen, uh, and and then as well as like Colonel Yalarn with like within these a few scenes that we saw over here too. I thought the scene with um when they're t- the initial one first. I'm distracted by the pants these guys wear. I just I don't understand them, but that's I guess that's not my role in life. I just love the fact that Dedra is just like I know what's going on. And when she's like, it was an announcement, I was like, wow, that's kind of more powerful than with the title like that. I I love that. Um, Then transitioning over to the next scene where it's like Luthen and Mon Mothma have this rift because she didn't know he was doing this heist. And it's very interesting where they went. I did not expect it at all. And it's just the fact that they have these deep layers of parallel stories all interweaving it just keeps keeps it interesting. It could have been a lot more boring <laughs> had they Very not much. been able to weave it the way they did. Oh, for sure. I just have to say, um, no one really listens to the women on the on this show. Honestly, all I nope. mean, Deirdre, you know, has a good point, and she she knows what she's doing. And at every turn, though, she'd be. They'd be like, you can't do that. You know, there's all this red tape. And for um, Mon Mothma, it's just like, you did this heist without me. And you're now you're making my my side of my mission, my responsibilities more difficult. So mm-hmm. it's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. That, this, this is so rough on all of them. But, yeah. And then, it, yeah, like, even in between, like, some of the like, uh, the female characters, there's, like, not some stuff being shared between them, too. Mm-hmm. Like, between, like, uh, like, Clea and and Bell too. Oh There's yeah, like that whole um, 
and then yeah like like you're saying like when uh, mon mothma comes to luthan's uh, like shop and like they both have like the disagreement on how to go about dealing with like how they're going to do like this kind of different stuff for the rebellion um he's more or less like saying like they had a they had to do this to essentially force uh the empire's hand to mm. get them to start doing stuff to and mon mothman does it like it because she knows that people are going to suffer because of it mm-hmm. uh, and luthan's like basically that. like and <laughs> he's like yeah it's kind of, that's kind of like a necessary evil because they were going to eventually do that anyways we're just kind of speeding up the mm. timetable on it so that the people can see exactly how bad they are and yeah, people why. like cyril's mother who's like full yeah full empire <laughs> yeah even though yeah. i don't think they'd call it the do they call it the empire at this point i don't know yeah they were calling it and there we got yeah like speaking of that too we got like a bunch of like uh palpatine Main drops in the. I'm afraid he's gonna show up. (laughs) I mean, he might because I mean, Ian McDermott did have that that little bit of a hologram cameo in Obi Wan, Mm. which is five years before this. So I feel like he could show up at some point. Palpatine won't leave. Won't. (laughs) That could be interesting to to see, like in what um, context they'd show up in here too, because he's still. He's still like at a certain point he do, he's not really like a like a face man anymore, mm-hmm. and that's not like a play on like his face, you know, <laughs> getting getting all he's melted basically. Yeah, like effed up from his kind of interaction with um, Mace Windu and uh, uh, Anakin there in Episode Three, but um, like yeah, like this whole this whole thing here, and then like. We see that with like Sierra's new position at the Bureau of Standards. Um, I saw that Mike, you had said that you thought maybe he could abuse this position and find that's, that's kind of what I was leaning towards because I'm full in. He's evil. He's not going to join the rebellion. He's going to be so distracted by Cassian. He's going to go get him. Yeah. Like, Cassian gets what happened in the end. We'll talk about that in a little bit. And now Cyril's got all this information <laughs> in his hands. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. doesn't like, is he going to be a stickler for the rules and just do his job? He kind of didn't listen to his boss last time. So. He, he listens to the rules when it suits him, mm-hmm. kind of. Yeah. And like, help, yeah, when it's like helps the, the greater good or the greater good. <laughs> his greater good. Yeah. yeah, he's looking for the easiest way to get, you know, whatever position he wants to get to, and he'll do that by any means necessary. So, yeah, and he's he's kind of like obsessed with Cassian too. It's right, almost to like the point of like it's unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, he's the one that got away. So, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. cost him his job his basically. Life. So, yeah, ruined it yeah, exactly. So yeah, go back and see his some, mother. You know, yeah there's a score to settle basically yeah like i think like what i said back and i think it was what episode two or maybe episode five um like whenever we saw cyril for the first time like back with his mom i got like a like a real 
Norman Bates, Norma Bates vibe between the two of them. Um, which, like, if that is what they're going for, and like that's the case, uh, that there could be a, another way we see this whole thing go with <laughs> Cyril too. So maybe he's uh, a cellmate. Yeah, that could be that could be very interesting, depending on on how that goes too, because they don't they don't really too often focus like any any kind of mental health aspects of anything like within the like the star wars universe i mean like outside of like the like jedi teachings and stuff like that but doesn't exist in a galaxy far far away yeah Yeah. and uh, apologies if i didn't get to the mute button with destiny's too i I heard like a little sniffle and then nothing so don't worry about it all right cool 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 disregard me saying anything about a sneeze you didn't hear anything <laughs> you didn't hear anything uh, uh and like in this next scene too like we now i can't even remember because maybe it's just how good her disguise was. is is clea that's not the same person that's at luthan's yeah, shop with him right it is okay mm-hmm. there's there's so many people on the show <laughs> and so many different or, new people like yeah just the but, way they talk, it's just like, you know, Luthen, you hear her saying, like, Luthen's caught your messages sort of thing. So it's like, oh, yeah, it has okay. to be her. Yeah, I, I thought it was, but I was like, but like, she, I don't know, just because, like, she looks so much different in that mm. than, like, what we see her look like in the shop. Like, that's how I good guess, the disguises are, I guess. Yeah, yeah. how yeah. disguises are supposed to work. And, <laughs> like, like, anytime we saw her, like, walking around, um like on her mission and stuff and just i kind of think just like in this episode in general uh like the the music that was going it's very um, 80s yeah it was like very synthy i I felt like very like um, like tron tron legacy (laughs) blade runner kind of like vibes from the music and like Mm -hmm. that in general with like the whole stuff with like clea walking around coruscant um and uh, going to speak with Vel, it felt very Blade Runner esque, uh, but like yeah. within like the Star Wars universe. And I, yeah, it was and interesting. Go ahead. I was gonna say it's just the music's been a different take than we've gotten. Like they kind of started doing a slightly different in Mandalorian, and this just goes completely different. Because they brought back, I think they bring didn't they bring back John Williams for Obi Wan. Well, they brought him back to do like Obi Wan's theme, right? Um, but it was all orchestral, was... big symphony type stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't recall who does it for Andor. I believe it's like Nicholas Braun, Nicholas Bertel, or something. Bertel, yeah, yeah. something. I'm gonna, I'm gonna double check because I want to make sure Ni- that like <laughs> Nicholas B. As far as, my, as far as I remember, yeah, yeah, Nicholas Bertel. You were right. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I believe there's also Jeremy Bronze. He, okay, he did the original theme, and then Nicholas Brill Brutel does like the score for in general for the episodes. Well, he's nailing it. Yeah. Whoever he is. Yeah. But this whole scene, I want to know: is this a double cross on Luthen now? Are we in like the scene from The Office where everyone's a secret agent, double spy? We're gonna get the Mexican standoff. Everyone pointing guns at each other. 
I mean, I don't even know if I could really trust uh, Luthen, honestly. I don't think, yeah. It's... Yeah, they're doing a very good job with playing everybody kind of gray in this yeah. little bit. Um, like, even like even casting it, he's like kind of very much in like that gray yeah. zone. I think mm-hmm. really only person I would say is not like really in any kind of like gray or black or white or anything would be like Mon Mothma. Like she's she's definitely very squarely like mm-hmm. uh, you know her and like like the, the yeah. light side of it all. And so like like in the like this whole scene like. Um, Mike made a, a note about this. Like, I guess it wasn't important to see how Cassian and Bell actually parted yeah, the, ways. Either. The way they end the last episode, it's like they're on this planet. Like, what are we gonna do? And then they're just like, I guess we don't give a shit. <laughs> We're just here now. Yeah, and then especially because because they're like now she has like a mission where she's like tasked to go back and like find, find Cassian him. to find him. Yeah. like basically trim that trim that loose that end. bit of the yeah. loose end which is interesting too because it i don't like i don't know if it's just like the way it's been played or you're like you just want it to be a certain way but like it seemed it actually seemed like Luthen like generally brought him on for a reason like that he actually did want him mm-hmm. like working with them and like wanted him to be like part of like everything so like like you said, how it might be a double cross. Maybe like Luthen doesn't even know that like Clea is like told. Yeah, that's what Bell, I'm trying to Bell to do that. That's why I didn't know Ooh. the secret meeting if Luthen had anything to do with it because we don't even know if he really got the messages he sent. She sent Val, that is. Yeah, we're and just I, taking I her like word too. for it. I feel like Val, uh, like others, like some others have thought is that she's. She seems like she potentially is his is his daughter or or some Luthen? kind of yeah. Just because awesome. of like the like the way how like he talked to her like that first time mm-hmm. we saw them interact, um, and then like how she's asking for him or like she's like I really thought he would be here. Mm-hmm. Um, when she's talking to to Clea there, it, it seems like more of almost like a like a father. I didn't get that. But yeah, daughter that type sense. thing. Yeah, yeah, no. I could see that relationship sort of thing, like sort of like the way um, Marva took uh, Andor in. Yeah, I could I'm see not, I could see that with Luthen and Vel now. Now that you point that out, it's sort of like that. Kind maybe of... she's the sister. Maybe. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that though too. Um, but yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was kind of funny. It felt like the like the whole survivor thing too, like. We saw like how she looked after being on Aldani for so long, where like living like, you know, like out in the dirt and everything. Mm. And then, and it's like at the end of Survivor at the reunion show, everybody's like cleaned up and like has like all the shampoo and hairspray and stuff. And then like, so now you see like it is interesting that that dynamic. Because I was thinking about it earlier, I didn't put it in the notes. It's just like. You see them dressed like these, I guess I'm, I'm going to call them hill people in Eldani, and they're able to just flip a switch whenever they go to a new planet and like fit in. Like, just. Yeah. That just almost seems thing. like something else, too. Like, you know, like like the dad taught the daughter right. certain ways of like blending in like that, too. We did see oh, him I, do that. That was a very extensive shot. Yeah. 
Like, look at look at look at all what he's doing. Um, and then <laughs> we don't know if that's it. Yeah, that's a good wig too. Because if you didn't know that was a wig, then you wouldn't then <laughs> you wouldn't you know it was a wig. So because sometimes on shows that like there's wigs that are like bad wigs, you're like, oh, that's that's a wig. But <laughs> like if you didn't you, if you didn't see him put, put that on. on then you wouldn't know. Like specifically because right, right. we saw it in trailers, it's like, oh, that's a flashback or something. Right. And then nope, that's concurrent timeline. Um but on like another note that you had, had made, um, Mike, was that uh, the the line about Val saying she'd buried the transport yeah. that they used to steal the credits. And I don't know if that meant literally or figuratively. <laughs> I was just like, we buried it. Like that's what I caught me. I was like, you buried that huge thing where? By how yourself. discreetly could you have done that? yeah we buried it by we crashed it into the ground as hard as good and then we just put dirt over that but yeah like i I almost feel yeah like i don't know how yeah like i'm trying to figure out as i I go through the list of people sorry speaking about buried and they're just like this guy died he's dead who cares they recruited yeah 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 and yeah, then there's like, like there's Cynthia doing what she's told, and we just see her riding this like janky moped type thing. Oh yeah, but then like, we see Cassian riding one later on too. It's like I'm trying to figure out what Cynthia's role in this whole thing has been, and yeah. the, the significance of seeing her in this episode, other than that cool shot of the star destroyer going overhead. Yeah, that we fi- yeah that we finally got that I had thought was going to be like a flashback to the the planet that um, yeah cassian was from but it's not i i hope there's more to Cynthia's character honestly yeah, just, she hasn't had many lines she just doesn't seem important yet but they keep showing her so she you know she's kind of gonna do something oh yeah i'm not sure um but beyond that like oh and yeah you had said that and that was like interesting. We just like checked in with her like once there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was like another uh, kind of callback and reference that I've seen to like people um, pointing out from Rebels is that like like Lothal just has like that one kind of star destroyer just chilling out <laughs> above above their like main capital kind of city on that planet as well too. Mm-hmm. So, which is like around the same time frame as this. So it makes it seem like because of like the Aldani heist and everything with that. They're just going to be stationed everywhere. Yeah. And like Luthan had said, it's like it's basically heightened and like, you know, moved mm-hmm. um, the the meter forward so so far or however much um, that's making them just like not right put up with crap anymore. Um, and not have any... Um... What the hell were they called? The corporate security people running planets anymore. Yeah. Whatever Cyril's job was prior. Yeah, the like the run <laughs> the run of stormtrooper cops. Yeah. <laughs> the mall um, cops. And now like and then when they cut um to to Andorra like coming back to um what's the name of this planet again? Like again, Barracks. Um that I got. I don't know why. I don't know if it was just the way that that I 
that she, since she played Aunt Petunia in the, the Harry Potter <laughs> movies, maybe I, maybe I just got like this vibe from her be, because of that. But that like I had like this weird feeling that like somehow like Marva had been kind of like turned or like swapped. Oh my god! Like switched against him <laughs> for some Like it was being played slightly. I don't, I don't know. Like I was like, why why is she acting kind of weird? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, but, I, kind I mean, of got it that ultimately wasn't idea. anything, but yeah, because it seemed like she was waiting. Like, you know, mm. like she was like trying to keep yeah. him inside and stall and everything. Like, wait, did they, did they get to her? Like, oh my gosh, I hope they didn't get to her. But yeah, like we said, she's, ultimately doesn't yeah, lead up to anything. But she's like, I'm going to pull a Tim. <laughs> I'm the odd one out. I didn't get that sense. I got the sense she was more like, what the hell are you doing here? You're in danger. Like, because you got the contrasting mothers here. You got Cyril's mother who's overbearing, like coming down on him, like can't stand him. And then Cassian's mother, Marva, it's like very caring and like looking out for him. And I, I think part of the show in my mind is Marva's like it's kind of told through B two emo more than Marva. It's her age is might be catching up with her, and it could be there's some ties into that for their dynamic. I feel like he just like you can't fight your too old dynamic. Like I got all yeah, this money, yeah. let's get out of here so you can relax. Like you're done fighting. Well, That's she does mention vibe. her age too, though. She's like, "I'm too old." I like, you know, but I'm I'm still willing to fight, sort of thing. Yeah. Or like, or their shoes saying something like, "They can look wherever they want because they'll never find me." So, she's essentially made like her own like um, safe place within herself, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that where they can't get to her. Um. But yeah, like that whole that whole scene, and I, I like seeing B two emo again. B two emo is almost like a like a like a very loyal like puppy or like <laughs> something that like in a way that just can talk. It's now, interesting how they've gone this direction with the droids being like almost sentient with emotions. Yeah, which well, I, think we need I a... mean, I was, I was just going to say. Quick... Yeah, I was okay. going to quickly say that we need a B2MO uh, Disney Plus profile photo. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, we need it. <laughs> so I know to that, that's like the, like if you on Instagram, like when you post stories, like when I've been sharing these episodes and I, sh- and I search Andor, that's literally the only like GIF that shows up is it's a B2E emo. <laughs> There's not any other characters. It's just that, like, there's like a cartoon version and like a live action version of him. Yeah. But that those are the only two Andor gifts that show up. It's like that's mm. that's kind of random and weird. Um, I this is kind of like an off note, but I saw some people thinking that the same way that uh, leads uh, from Solo essentially becomes the the nav computer internally mm-hmm. to the the falcon right that the programming from b2 emo could be um, removed from like the casing of the droid that he's in now mm-hmm. and that could that could be how eventually how cassian will reprogram uh a kx droid to be k2so mm-hmm. but it'll be, with... be interesting 
that but, programming of BTMO. Like that's not that's not Alan Tudyk doing the voice right now. That's not like a one for one personality, but maybe right. that's like kind of ah uh, okay, like the origin idea mm-hmm. of that. Where like it's yeah, gonna be I real gonna sad when B two Emo dies. B- yeah, I was gonna say B two Emo doesn't have that kind of you know attitude or snark, right? But, yeah, uh, yeah, but I could see the basis of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so like from like from here, we they cut back to Coruscant. So we see uh, Take Holma and Mon Mothma's discussion here, which I thought was very interesting. And he makes it very easy for her. <laughs> with um, like their whole the discussion. And he's like, if it's about politics, you might want to hold it because uh, I might be a little bit more. I don't remember what ex- the exact phrasing was that he said, but it's like. I mean, a little bit more, uh, I guess, like hardcore in some way. <laughs> I don't remember the, um, which I thought was funny that she eventually turns back around and I'm just like, do you find my politics too far afield or something like too that. far afield for you? But mm. and I, I'm gonna use this quote like within the, the this episode for like our show notes. But it was she's like, I've learned from Palpatine where I show you the stone in my hand, you miss the knife at your throat. <laughs> So I, I liked that whole discussion about kind of like misdirection there. Right. And it seems it seems like you can trust this dude, which it's gonna it'll suck more if you can't mm. actually trust this guy. But it, it seems like you can. Um, well, and it, we'll find well, out. It also will. seems like um, if everything goes to crap with her uh, husband and daughter there, <laughs> um, this dude seems like a nice dude. Yeah. But I mean, she's really playing it really close to the chest. So she's like, not saying it's for rebellion; she's, it's for a charity fund. So she's yeah. she's like, really choosing her words very mm-hmm. carefully. Yeah, like no, trusting no. him to like a certain amount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's feeling him out. She's making sure she doesn't play her uh, show her hand. And then you got yeah. in this scene more of Perrin being a knob and just. Hate that guy. He's barely done anything. You can't stand so annoying that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can you can tell why their daughter acts a certain way from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because he's not really a parent. He's just like a knob. <laughs> yeah, he's he's um, whatever the Star Wars equivalent of a a douchebag is. <laughs> Slimo, Baron. <laughs> yeah, Slimo, Slimba, Slimo, Slimbag. Yeah, Skibag. The he's uh, Bantha Pudu. There you go. Or I mean, they, I mean, we they they just straight up say sh- shit in Star Wars now. So there you go. But. From here, like this episode, we went to so many different places. Like, we, and we cut back to Ferrix and we check back in with uh, Bix, and and Cassian goes to meet up with her. And it kind of seems done? like it's, <laughs> yeah, it seems like they're wrapping yeah. up like her story. And then it almost seems like the Empire is like an abusive, like, husband or boyfriend to her, too. Because, mm. like, he asks her, like, why. Um, like why she is like all beat up and stuff she's like oh you know how, how i am walking into stuff mm-hmm. and, 
I thought that was kind of interesting or like weird. Well, didn't she, she get was... hit in the face before he left? I think she, yeah, was, like she, she was. You froze. In that time, she was uh, and was slammed against the wall. Yeah. Oh. So yeah, um, I was gonna say, uh, her head was slammed against the wall in that in that scene. I think it was episode three or something like that. Yeah, the yeah. last time we yeah. saw her, she was kind of bloodied. Maybe, maybe they could have done more <laughs> since then. But yeah, just to get more oh. information mm. out of her. And I did like after the scene too, like as he's walking through uh, the city. Um, we get like this flashback um, to essentially why his adoptive father ended up getting hanged in the middle of mm. like the the road there too, which then like talk about like bad timing and like a dude trying to do the right thing and ultimately like it backfiring against him from mm. trying to do like we see this like flashback to like clone troopers which which is cool to it's always cool to see like this clone trooper armor mm-hmm. like an actual physical wardrobe armor because since like in the prequels it was all cg uh cg yeah armor so between this and then i think i think we saw it in mando and, and i, I thought you saw it in obi-wan when you know, the, the vietnam vet dude begging yeah, for money yeah we saw it there too. yeah so we've been beginning yeah, to see yeah, it a yeah. little bit bit more between like some of the like the new series here too so it was it was nice to see that um but yeah like with that whole flashback with and like this we found out that the um his adoptive father's name was clem mm-hmm. um so like we see like that's where like that whole origin <laughs> of that alias that he decided to use came from was more or less to kind of like honor his adoptive dad there mm-hmm. but like like his dad like trying to tell like like the people to not throw like the rocks at the troopers because it would just like escalate things and make it right. worse and then he's made an example of yeah and like yeah. he's the one like just he's standing there and, yeah yeah um and then we we have like later on marva talks about like walking like a certain way so she can like avoid walking past where mm. he is hanged after that but now that she's joined the rebellion or she's heard about the rebellion she can walk i guess walk that same path with like and not worry about it anymore or something to that extent yeah yeah and like in this like like when uh cassian comes back to and like she says like all that about like she needs to stay he but he has to go um before they like part ways there too she's Telling him that Cassian's sister is dead and what happened on Canari is not his fault. Mm-hmm. So it seems like there's more to possibly those flashbacks um, with him yeah, as we'll like, him again. like a younger. So that should be interesting as well too. And I'm wondering, like, what, like, if she's just trying to get him not to go after his sister because, like, she knows where his sister is. That was my like, take on it. Like, like you if don't he really does want to meet find your her, sister. yeah. Yeah, like kind of like you'd never meet your heroes kind of thing, but like mm-hmm. you don't want to know like what ended up with her and what she's doing yeah. now. So I don't like I don't know what that could be, but it'd be interesting to to see 
I feel like they've talked about her too much to like not show her at this point within this right. season. It's right. almost kind of like the like you've introduced this character like at least unmentioned them a certain amount of times that like mm. you need to show them before the end well, of was, like this this first season arc of the show. It was like the driving force to, to why he killed those two dudes in the beginning of the first episode. Yeah, essentially, I guess like if you're going by like the Herney heroes journey thing, like that's what like set him off on what has become this path now in the show. So I'm very curious to see where that goes. Um, And I'm not sure exactly what will come of it, but I think it it might be interesting to see like if she, I feel like she's going to end up being like you had said before, Mike, that she is working for like the empire or something at this point. It's the lo- in my brain that's like the logical thing that's going to happen is she's going to be the polar opposite of Cassian, okay. and then they're going because you never see her in Rogue One, so she doesn't make it out of the series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know he's not going to be in Rush Hour too. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and then like from this, like we we cut back to like the the whole Imperial office pol like inner office politics mm. this felt this almost felt like a like a um jim and dwight type thing yeah um to continue it, it, like it our did. office office references within andor um but like between vedra and with uh do you remember what the the dude's name was in this oh. now it's escaping me again i just read, read it too so many characters. Be Bevan? Blevin? Blevin. That sounds right. Blevin. Sure, we'll go with that. Um, <laughs> but like they're having like the whole back and forth there with them. And like with <laughs> like you've you've kind of put it like within your um uh, notes, Mike, that <laughs> it seems like she's kind of like on the same like mind wavelength as Luthen as far as like what the rebels are in, doing yeah yeah like, just general with like what they're like doing. she thinks the same in my opinion because she's the one who's saying this is an announcement there's a pattern to this it's not random it's all very formulated and, and everyone else is like oh hogwash and then you got luthan like planning all these different things so it's like they're on the same wavelength and they're gonna cross paths they're going to yeah yeah, um, I can see that. So, and like she basically gets a promotion from this too. Uh, and like in this, uh, Hardigas, um, well, I just always recognize, like, I'm, again, like, I know that you haven't seen Game of Thrones, uh, but like, I recognize him as like, <laughs> okay. he was like a, like a bad guy, maester dude in Game of Thrones. So, like, that's all I can see, like, when he's in this as the main, guy, like, boss that is. And he's like, oh, that, that was good work, Doug. Just watch your back, though. Right. He's, he's probably assuming that, like, Blevin's going to try to, like, shank her or something, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah there's going to be something. Oh, yeah. Some sort of, you know, internal. Or maybe that's yeah. where Cyril comes in. Blevin. Yeah. He, they know each other. We know that. Yeah. Um, and this this is, like, another one of those, like, kind of, like, story progression things that I feel like we have to see come to some kind of a climax by the end of it like 
least this first season. Like, I know it can't be, you know, like super out there just because, like, she can't, like, bring down the rebellion within uh, this season since, you know, they got to be, they got to be around still. Um, but I am curious to see, like, what path this is on for that character and, and where it's going from that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, so, like, from this to the next, the next cut was we see it cuts to the Neomos, which is like a beach planet that felt very similar to like you know like uh Sikar, it seems um from Rogue One and or, did I say Sakar? You did. You did. I think I'm thinking of She Hulk. Oh, you mean <laughs> Scarif? Yeah, Scarif. Scarif. I got I got I got I got too much She-Hulk um, on the <laughs> mind. Um, Scarif on the brain. Yeah, it's, it's a Scarif beach party. Um, nice. Well, he Kevin is going to be within the, the Star Wars universe so eventually, mm-hmm. so we'll see. Um, but it's like it, this almost felt like this was, was kind of like an indeterminate amount of time, like right, like time jump too, from like where we saw. Um, Cassian for the last time on Ferrix with like his adopted mother and Val there to uh, this this shot here. That makes sense. And I'm not sure like exactly how long it has been, um, but it seems like it's been it's it, it feels like it has to be you know, like within still like within that five years before. And I don't know if it's been too far of a jump, just because. In the scene before, they're talking about how all debts must be paid immediately. All fines and punishments have been like made ten tenfold worse. And I guess this was just like to show that, and that in one sense they didn't have to. Like they could have shown it with anyone, not just Cassian. But it's like because yeah. he's like it used to be six days, now it's six years. It was just I, it was to show the ramp up of what the Empire is doing to quell anything yeah like yeah so it's it's definitely a jump forward but how much i don't know i don't think it's too far forward just because of the timing of how he was surprised at the difference in uh punishment because if it was too far forward people would be used to it by now i feel like yeah if anything maybe it's been like a month two months at, Mm. at the very longest to for him to get there and get set up and have a place for although he says that he's a tourist so who knows i don't know it's it's got to be like a short enough time but not but also a long enough time for mm. like certain things to be able to happen right and he's he's also going by the a new alias uh keith gergo he's named yeah, so I, I wonder if we'll see where he came up with that, or if maybe maybe he was just named like like Han Solo was right. Um, Han, what's your last name? Mm-hmm. Solo. I don't. I, I don't have anybody with me. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Show your shirt, Michael. What was that? I'm saying, show your shirt. Oh, my shirt right here. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Um, Better people, movie just, than people will give it credit for. I know, yeah, I right? enjoy it. I say for people just listening, Michael's got got a uh, solo Star Wars shirt on. 
Yeah. Um, Criminally underrated movie. Come on, mm-hmm. guys. I like it a lot. <clears throat> now, when he's he's going with this alias too, so like he goes out to go to like basically just to go to the store to get some some stuff uh, for him and his lady friend that <laughs> is back at his hotel the room apartment. <laughs> yeah, the, the greeny green ones. <laughs> um, and we get a shore trooper. Uh, now this is like a super uncomfortable scene too, and it, it almost it feels very real world ish. Oh my gosh! Like, yeah, like the shore troopers, like essentially like police profiling Cassian, just like right. I'm, that's I'm what makes that... this series so much better is the realism that they are able to invoke. Yeah, because I, I feel like that's what the, like is meant to be implied here is like this whole thing that's like. Mm-hmm. the shore trooper oh you're sweating is, yeah, you must be victim, a, guilty he just happens to be like in the wrong place at the wrong time mm-hmm. it's like, it's and hot. then yeah like, he's like you're wearing yeah, a suit here. of armor come on <laughs> you know it's hot yeah uh, and this and the person doing the voice for the shore trooper here too is, is Sam Witwer um, so we get a little Sam Witwer voice cameo in this episode um, and he of course has done the voice of Darth Maul um, who is Star Killer in the the Force Unleashed video games. He did Palpatine's voice for a while in So you're saying that Lucasfilms likes him. Yeah. And well and and he's a big Star Wars guy too. And like they like that one version of like the Star Killer armor is just chilling out in Mm -hmm. Luthen's gallery there too. Um but like with the short trooper here too, there's the KX series security droids. Um, you know, that eventually K- K2SO is one of these type of droids. Mm. So it, it was cool to see them on here. And because like the only other time we've seen one of the droids like this is the one that K2SO interacts with on um, Scarif in Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was interesting to see other ones outside of K2SO. And just yeah. exactly, I guess, how well or how literal, uh, they're almost like the, the Drax of uh, droids, where how like, literally <laughs> they took what the shore trooper said. He's like, right. he said, he, he said, just hang. meant to watch me. He just meant what? to watch me. <laughs> hang, hang, hang. He's like, no, it means watch. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, we don't really ultimately see like how that ended. I mean, of course, we know that, obviously. Cassian was okay because he had, he's in court later on. Right. Uh, but like this is interesting too because he gets sentenced to six years. And it's kind of like this weird, not like funny haha, but like weird, funny thing that he's he's getting sent to jail for like doing nothing. Nothing. Even but though he, he did, but he, he did, did just do that huge like ice <laughs> that like they don't know that he did that. Um, which to me is strange because in the first couple episodes they have this hologram oh. image of him in their system he's not wearing a disguise of any kind yeah, yeah they didn't run shaped. a picture profile of any kind or facial recognition doesn't exist here just strange it's weird because they did uh cyril i thought he had the re- facial like profiling of Okay, yeah, it's like, like that little it's inconsistent. Yeah, so. A little inconsistent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, so that, that, you guys brought it up. So And then you had uh uh Mike, you'd also put a note like 
you're wondering. Yeah, is this the um, you kind of touched on it? Is this when he in prison? Is this how he forms the droid K2SO for Rogue One to help him out? Like then we no. also talked about it earlier, or is Cyril gonna do something now? Yeah, like I, I know that they did a comic book series called Cassian Andor and K2SO, mm. which I believe told the story of like how he um, basically procured K2SO and reprogrammed him. So I'm not like I'm not sure if they'll retell that in live action or not. It Depends on which canon they want to follow. Yeah. <laughs> But it it could be interesting to to see if they if they do that. Um, it would be cool to to hear Alan Tudyk again as K two S O. And he said that he's on the sh- he will be on the show, but he said that he isn't in the first season. So if if that does happen, then maybe maybe it won't happen until like the very end of like, right. This, yeah, because originally before before all of this. When they did at the like one of the D twenty threes, they brought out Diego Luna and Alan Tudyk together, which hinted at it, and then all of a sudden, it got changed somehow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably like rewrites and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, like when they kind of figured out like this whole like timeline pathing that they wanted to do with right, like first year five years, um before and then next year like next season is going to be like the four three two mm-hmm. one kind mm-hmm. of countdown and i liked how they after like we see or like cashin gets this sentencing how it then cuts to a shot of cereal again and he's in like a more kind of um traditional type of suit mm-hmm. and he's he's in that cubicle and you just see him like looking up stuff and then it just cuts out and you see him just kind of amongst the masses of all the people doing the same thing and i thought i think this was meant to be symbolic too like (laughs) to show him like in kind of like his own kind of imprisonment in a way um yeah yeah, i can see that i can see that parallel too yeah they did a lot of visual storytelling in this so it fits with their uh mo yeah especially because it like goes from that cut of like cassian getting um that sentence to immediately then cutting back to to Cyril for right. seemingly no other reason just to show him sitting at his desk and then you know do that <clears throat> and those desks are so Same weird way. set up because like the monitors are split they're sitting between them it was just like a weird uh, I, I know how you can how you can do that honestly <laughs> but you know you're, you're absolutely right with too. the imprisonment thing yeah a yeah. different kind of prison so uh, and then was there anything else that you guys wanted to bring up from that had happened in the episode that like stood out to you that we haven't brought up yet at all? Either no, uh, I no. guess yeah. piggybacking on the K2SO thing, they've kind of really strayed away from huge Easter egg type things. Yeah. So it's kind of I guess it, and that was probably going to be like a slow burn in a way, in my opinion. But I, I've yeah. just been digging the show. Uh, this one, I didn't expect any, like them to basically take what they've done and be like, it's over here now. We're moving in a different direction. Yeah, it's, it's but, been very, very good so far. How about we've had, you? Uh, oh, good. 
a money heist. Maybe we'll have a jailbreak now with Cassian. All all the heists are coming out. Well, yeah, because we know that he he can't be in there for six years. Nope. Otherwise, he he'd still be alive. Well, <laughs> Vel has a new mission now. It's basically. true. Someone's breaking him out. Break him out to kill him, but then she probably has some sort of change of heart. It's like you know, I'm going to break you out, and gonna... you can either die or you can join you know, <laughs> some sort of. Rebellion on her definition of the rebellion. At least. Yeah. He's going to have to team up with uh, Wentworth Miller. <laughs> uh, that's a deep cut. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was uh, episode seven of Andor for uh, the episode title announcement. So, with that, uh, thank you again, Michael, for joining us. Yes, thank, thank you for the invite. Yeah, I really appreciate um, it. I appreciate assurance, sharing your experience of going on the Galactic Star Cruiser. Uh, and as we we do this outro, uh, anybody who is watching this on YouTube or listening to it on a podcatcher of their choice, uh, YouTube, you know, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, do all of the <laughs> stuff that, that Mark you fall hear. asleep. Yeah, no, I'm just <laughs> succumbing to my allergies. Um, <laughs> Can leave us the more a... likes you get, the more tissues you can use for there you go. Yeah. Mark can't blow his nose until we get a hundred likes. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Get us get us to a, a hundred subscribers. Um and then you can also review us on Apple Podcasts or hundred subscribers. Yeah. Uh and then at our, our link tree you can find all the links for our social media places like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatnot, as well as the link for our youtube page but if you're watching this on youtube you already found us so congratulations to you for finding us mm-hmm. um you can also you win you can also find us individually on all those places uh again just by checking out our link trees they're in the show notes uh, both on youtube and um, the podcast catcher of your choice uh, michael where can they find you online uh, you can find me at I am Michael J. Lee on all socials, and I write for That's It LA, The Nerds of Color, and We Live Entertainment. Yeah, and check out Michael's stuff. It's all great, and I highly recommend it. Thank um, you. You're check welcome. Out. Um, then you can follow our editor, Vactor, online just by, you know, looking up his last name. Because <laughs> that's what he is. That's what he is everywhere. Uh, um, and then you can email us at holdapod at gmail.com. But as always, we are grateful to George Lucas for creating the Star Wars universe. Oh my, thank the maker. <laughs>